0: My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus primarily on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern-day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. In today's episode, we're looking at the legend of La Llorona from South and Central American mythology. She's a ghostly figure mostly derived from Mexican folklore and I'm aware that we've never covered ghosts before so this is kind of exciting. She's generally described as a ghost who wears a long white wedding dress and has a skeletal face who haunts rivers and lakes. The story goes that a beautiful young woman named Maria marries a rich ranch owner or ranchero in Espanol and they have two kids. Eventually, Maria catches her husband with another woman and in her distress, she takes the children and drowns them in the nearby river. She immediately regrets this and screams, Ay, Miss Heals or Oh My Children and jumps in, but she's unable to save them. Consumed by her guilt, she drowns herself, but can't enter the afterlife without her children. Therefore, she's stuck in some form of kind of purgatory on earth. She's now known as La Llorona, which roughly translates to The Weeping Woman. In another version of the story, the children are illegitimate and the partner still cheats on Maria and she drowns them so that their father cannot take them away to be raised by his new wife. Now the legend says she wanders near bodies of water forever weeping as she searches for her lost children. Now, will La La attack you? I hear you ask. Well, apparently she kidnaps and attacks children, but it's also said that she attacks and kills cheating husbands, but generally, if you hear wailing, you should probably get out of there. She's also used as a spooky boogeyman figure for South American children, to stop them going near open bodies of water or wandering around alone in the evenings. She's generally very well known and feared within the Hispanic community. La Llorona's legend is first mentioned in a 19th century sonnet by a Mexican poet, Manuel Carpio. However, this makes no reference to the murder of the children and instead of being Maria, La Llorona is actually the ghost of a woman called Rosalia who was murdered by her husband. In contrast, apparently La Llorona is sometimes linked to a woman called La Malinche, who was a Nahua woman who served as Hernan Cortés's interpreter. Now I'm going to give you a real good history lesson, so you better buckle up. Hernan Cortes, as I just mentioned, was a Spanish explorer. He is extremely famous as he led the expedition which led to the very literal fall of the Aztec Empire. This is otherwise known as the Spanish-Aztec War and this raged between the Aztecs and the Spanish who wanted to conquer them and lasted from 1519 to 1521 and the Spanish even convinced the indigenous people who, to be fair, were used for a lot of sacrifices to team up and defeat the Aztec emperor. Now his name was Cuatimoc, so I forgive myself for uh, pronouncing that incorrectly it's it's one hell of a mouthful but i think i actually did it right the spanish took the capital city destroyed it and made it into what we now know as the capital of mexico mexico city oh and the Nuhar as we mentioned earlier were some of the indigenous people of mexico and a bit of el salvador before the spanish came and conquered them and this is what la malinche was Moving back into folklore, La Malinche is considered both the mother of the modern Mexican people and a symbol of treachery for helping the Spanish conquerors, as she was his translator. Now, she was also Hernan's mistress, but she was given to him with 19 other women as slaves when they conquered Tabasco, like the source, and ended up having a son with him. This boy is considered one of the first Matizos, which are people of mixed European and indigenous American ancestry. Now, you're probably wondering, Erin, what the hell has this got to do with La Llorona? Because this all links to the way that indigenous women were treated by their new Spanish conquerors. There was a shortage of Spanish women who came to the New World as it was penned, which means that the Spanish men would marry these Mexican women. This was generally celebrated throughout the 16th century, and lots of Matiza babies were born until the European ladies started to come over and outnumber the natives. This meant that the native women were shoved aside for the more favorable Spanish women and their Mestiza children were often taken away from them, some of them abused and killed, some abandoned, and some actually sent across the pond to Spain. This was derived from the Spanish tradition of relieving wayward, quote-unquote, women of their children, but was really just a bit of xenophobia, racism, and, to be honest, pure jealousy. Also, the women were very literally just chucked aside, as the Aztecs practiced polyamory, so they were seen more as mistresses and were just kind of used and abused. You see why I'm talking about this now? If you didn't know, polyamory is being in love with more than one person at a time, there's polyamorous people now, whatever. It actually got worse though. The children that lived through this were taught that their mother's heritage and culture was inferior to the Spanish and some were actually told that they were Spanish instead of native as it was deemed as better at the time by the end of the 17th century both the Matizos and the Creole populations were attacked by a growing popularity and racial purity and they stopped letting the children of these Spanish fathers have any inheritance or legitimacy. It's a really horrid story and apologies if there are any Spaniards listening, this certainly isn't a everyone should hate the Spanish kind of retelling, but retelling history accurately with all the nasty bits in is really important and accepting that no European countries innocent in regards to genocide and takeover and it's especially crucial i am from england trust me i know the feeling about your country's history being a bit of a mess anyway back to our monster There are ideas that the origin of La Llorona is linked to two Aztec goddesses. This comes from the Florentine Codex. This is an encyclopedia that was written on the new heart in the 16th century by a friar called Bernardino di Sagan. The first goddess is Siwa Kotal, which means snake woman. She's described as a savage beast and an evil omen who appeared in white and walked around at night weeping and wailing. She's also been described as the omen of war, but she's also the goddess of motherhood and fertility. You can see how it's linking here. Within the same book is the tale of the ten omens of the conquest of Mexico, which is that the Spanish-Aztec war we talked about earlier would happen. Apparently there were 10 signs that this was gonna happen and apparently the sixth omen was the voice of a woman heard wailing at night, crying about the fate of her children, which not only reflects La but also the horrible injustice we talked about with the indigenous children and their mothers earlier. However, stories of weeping female ghosts are pretty common in folklore and in quite a few ancient mythologies as well. See Wakotal of Aztec mythology as we discussed, you've got Lilith or technically Eve as in Adam and Eve from Hebrew mythology who seduce men in forms of their wives, have their actual children and then kill them in revenge for staying with their actual wives. She also rings a similar tune to my absolute, one of my favourite Greek stories, and that's of Lamia, who was one of the many consorts of Zeus. In this story, Hera, Zeus's wife and the goddess of marriage and jealousy, and very famously very jealous, learns about Zeus's affair with Lamia and kills all of the demigod children that they had together. After this, Lamia is driven mad with jealousy from other people's children and goes on a rampage, killing those children. There are also links to the very famous Medea and Jason. Yes, Jason from Jason the Argonauts. Medea, who was his wife, was very jealous of Jason's new affair with the princess of Corinth. So she poisoned a cape and gave it to her for a present. But the king ended up touching it as well and they both died in front of Jason. Medea then stabbed Jason and her children to death before ascending to Olympus on a golden chariot, screaming obscenities at Jason as she went. She's also linked to the Irish myth of the Banshees, which we'll cover in a few weeks. They scream as a forewarning of a tragic death or event happening to a family. And lastly, there's a consistent link to her and the Day of the Dead, or Dia de los Muertos, which is an amazing South American festival held on the 2nd of November every year. This is a celebration of the dead rather than a traditional mourning. They leave offerings, play music, and sometimes even unearth their dead relatives. I think it's actually a really lovely idea, minus maybe the last part. And I've always been fascinated by this and would love, love, love to go. And actually, one of the most popular Dia de los Muertos events in Mexico is the annual La Legenda de la Llorona festival in Suchimilco. there's a very lovely performance of a theatre show of the same name along the canals. This borough of Mexico is basically a whole bunch of canals and islands and one of them there's even a statue of La Llorona and also fun fact one of the other islands is the very famous dollhead head island with a whole bunch of toy dolls that have been hung up on trees and is possibly one of the creepiest sights you'll ever see in modern day. Okay, so we've talked about cultural significance a tiny bit, but there are quite a lot of bits of media that are quite big about La Llorona. Firstly, art-wise, there's a really famous Mexican artist, Alejandro Colunga, who has a lovely painting with La Llorona called La Boda de Chimacro. Y La Llorona. I'm sorry for my Spanish, I'm really trying. It was painted in 1984. It's a really gorgeous piece, actually, and it's very visceral, I would say. You can look it up on Google. There's also a very famous 1917 play called La Llorona by Francisco C. Neve, which looked at the involvement with La Malinche and Hernan Cortes. I'm a massive, huge theatre nerd, if you didn't already know. I saw a lot of Spanish plays when I was at uni, so I'm going to try and find this somewhere and watch it, but apparently it's very good. Movie-wise, we have mostly horrors. You've got the most recent and big movie, which is The Curse of La Llorona, made in 2019 as part of the Conjuring universe. Apparently it's good, but it's the worst one in the series. There's also a film called La Llorona, again made in 2019 in Guatemala, and it's got a 97% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, so it sounds like it's pretty damn good. It sounds like she was really popular in 2019 as well. Lastly, the earliest film about La Llorona came out in 1960 and the poster is like very, very traditional theatre posters. I would really recommend having a look. I don't know if we're going to be able to talk about this at another time, so I'll say now. I've watched a lot of movies, mostly children's ones, about the Day of the Dead or Dia de los Muertos. And honestly, I would recommend 100% one of my favourite films of all time, is The Book of Life. I think it's a DreamWorks film, it's an animated film, but it is absolutely gorgeous. goes through the different celebrations of the Mexican people and how they celebrate Dia de los Muertos and it's just really heartwarming and lovely, the background's gorgeous, the animation's lovely, and there's loads of really famous actors in it. Oh, and singing, there's lots of singing, that's really fun too. Another one, I haven't actually seen this, but it's quite famous, Coco by Disney. That one's on Disney+, Plus. if you haven't seen it, I've been meaning to see it for ages. Apparently it's very sad at some points, but I don't know, but apparently it's very good, I trust it. Now in TV, La Llorona is in the first ever episode of Supernatural if you're into that kind of stuff and is the big baddie in the TV show Grimm. Makes sense with the name of the show too. Obviously if you didn't know, the Grimm fairy tales are basically what fuels any European folklore. Video games wise, she's in Hunt Showdown. They've even made a very specific DLC or downloadable content for any noobs out there for La Llorona. It's a PvP VE game. It's had loads of positive reviews on Steam. Lastly, there's a mobile phone game called La Lorona, which is built kind of like Slenderman the game, if you've played that, and is apparently very, very scary. Right, finally, book recommendations this week is The Sea Ringed World, Sacred Stories of the Americas, Maria Garcia Esperon, which is about folklore from the US Central and South America. It's got some really, really lovely illustrations. I know it's not specifically about La Llorona, but if you want to know more about American folklore and cryptids, I guess, including like Bigfoot and stuff, which we'll cover soon, I promise. It's definitely a book recommendation for you. Speaking of illustrations, if you've got kitty winks, I would recommend La Llorona, The Weeping Woman by Joe Hayes. It has both an English and Spanish translation too within the same book and according to reviews is absolutely awesome. So if you're interested in getting your kids bilingual at any point soon, pick up that book and have a read. Now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? She in this case. I think because of the historical relevance, it makes sense that people believe in her. Also, any boogeyman myth is going to work for frightening kids, just like most of the monsters we covered over the last few weeks. Ghosts are always tricky to cover because there are so many mixed messages about whether they exist or not. There don't seem to be any recording sightings of this one. for what I can tell, but then again, if a tree falls in a forest and no one's around, does it make a sound? Who knows <laughs> but this one can we truly call her a monster she's based off of these amazing native women who had everything taken from them their husbands children status even their culture and told it was trash is she really the villain here There are also no reports of anyone actually seeing La hurting anyone, just that she warns people off. So again, is she really the villain or just a guardian angel keeping kids away from water so they don't suffer the same fate as hers? I'll leave you with that question, my lovely listeners. I think this one is really interesting. There's so much colonising history behind her origin. She's linked to so many famous other myths. So it's a real meaty one full of knowledge this week that you could take with you into a all your other charades that you do speaking of knowledge next week we're heading back over to greece to talk about the clever centaurs these half men half horses were well known throughout history as being teachers healers and ruthless fighters trot in next thursday to learn all about them with me i'm so sorry i try and come up with relevant lines each week that are funny and i'm just consciously aware that they're just getting so much worse i'm so sorry (laughs) for now thank you so much for listening it's been an absolute pleasure if you enjoyed this podcast please give it a rating on the service you're listening on i've got the twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next and i'd love to hear from you the twitter is at myth pod or the instagram is at myth monsters podcast or you can email me old-fashioned styly on myth at gmail.com and share this with your pals they might love me as much as you do but for now stay spooky See you later, babes.